Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dinner, the most important meal of the day. So why not spend it with us at the Footy Prime Cafe? We have daily specials like prime rib and dip for four ninety five. Brendan Dunlop, two for $3. We've got Craig Forrest on the half shell. We've got James Sharman and his own juices. All that for $3.95. Also, all you can eat, Dan Wong. So come on down to Footy Prime Cafe. When you know our, our saying is, if you can't eat it, it's free. That doesn't go against the quality of our food. Let's get this party started. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Footy Prime Podcast. Um, prior to the music, there, JC does what JC does, makes us all laugh a lot. I'm happy to be on the half shell. Yeah, what does that even mean, half shell? What do you mean? Then? You had oysters before? Is it oh, oysters? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I have to leave it to the fan, the ex Premier Leaguer. I'm not really an oyster guy per se. Yeah, so. but it's just the way it the way it's presented though. It's on the half shell. Okay, okay, gotcha. You're you're in your own juices, like what the no, like I don't. But yeah, no, don't even go there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love that I'm two for three dollars. Like, like you could find a, another version of me, guys. Good fucking luck. Or you can eat Dan Wong. <laughs> I, I'm the buffet. Yeah, you are. It reminds me of those. Uh, is it? Where is it? You have those. You can actually get a buffet on a model. Is it Japan? I think it's Japan. They do it. Oh yeah. I eat sushi out of my be- belly button stuff. Yeah, I can see Wong lying on on a table like naked, just covered in grapes and and stuff. I am hairless. I am the hairless, hairless mole man. <laughs> to be fair, for the right amount of money, you can probably get it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true enough. Yeah, yeah. Throw it on the bar, belly button shots, everybody, all around. Yeah. You can get it in Yorkville, and I'm sure there's, I know there's places in Windsor, naked sushi. It's an industry. Naked really? sushi, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I do not want Wonger, like naked sushi with Wonger, ever. We could go to a place like that, maybe, but not if Wonger is the one with the sushi on his naked body. I don't know, B. You missed our pre-show conversation. I may be pivoting. Don't knock it till you try it. Yeah, exactly. Pivoting. <laughs> it shows how much time we spend together. I was reading an audition with Elena, and the character's name was Wong, and I repeatedly called her Wonger. He's like, you got to stop doing that. It's, oh, okay, sorry. It's Wong, yeah, I know. Give me the drugs, Wonger. It just made sense to say Wonger. Yeah. As I was saying, everyone, welcome to Verdi Pram, the podcast. Um, a lot to get to as per usual. We'll talk some retirements today. A couple of uh, really huge retirements for the Canadian men's and women's team. Um, the transfer window is wide open. Lots of rumors out there. Some, some fascinating intrigue with Aston Villa once again. I really hope this one comes true. We'll talk about it shortly, okay, B? So let's just... 
take a breath. I know you're excited about the potential, what you might be seeing at Aston Villa here. But lots to get to. Um, my my viewing choices today sucked. All right, so I settled in. I, I was out. I came in and I got to watch a large part of Spurs against Leicester. Right, and they're down two one. Great goal by James Madison, by the way, deflection, whatever. So I, I tune over at that point to, to United. Brentford as it's nil nil and then within about 30 seconds it's one nil United then it's two nil and then I see what happens at Spurs Leicester two goals in what the 96th and 97th minute it, it was crazy and I thought why well, I really make the wrong choices sometimes it really <laughs> frustrated me what's your worst viewing choice Craig <laughs> viewing choice <laughs> that's the least of my worries i think it's uh for craig it's either porn hub or staring at his fat cat <laughs> choices 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 i was with you charms i did the exact same thing it was the uh, it's halftime right when they stagger these kickoffs that's what screws it up exactly but still you know i'll give you night credit i mean they they came on in the second half terrible first half by all accounts uh but your boy Ronaldo gets taken off and he's whining in the stands. He's not happy at all. It's all pouty and stuff. And then the kids are and do great. And the kids score the three goals. looks amazing. And it just took me back to that interview last week, Craig, with Ronaldo and saying how he wants to be that inspiration to the kids and show them how it's done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he storms off in a big, big hissy fit and then watches the boys step into his shoes and, and do a great job. Spitting out the dummy. Or the soother, as we call it in Canada. Yeah. I think dummy sounds better, actually. I think dummy sounds better, too. Well, I think why he was so irritated was because it was Harry Maguire that came on. It wasn't one of the kids. I mean, Rashford had come on for, for Greenwood, but it was one of the – it was a defender. And come on, do you think they got anything in common, Ronaldo and Maguire <laughs> in general? Yeah, but I mean, from, from Randick's standpoint, listen, this team's in a bit of turmoil right now. It's not just about that. It's about how it reacts to situations like that and showing the youngsters how – it should be done, even for a star player. Precisely, precisely. Now, listen, let's not, you know, take it to, he didn't like blow up or anything, but it just didn't look that good because the cameras, you know, it's focused on him and he looks sulky. At the same time, Craig, you know, you don't want anyone wanting to go off the field, right? Yeah, I understand why a striker wants to stay on the field, but there is an example to set there, I, I think, to a certain degree. I agree. So, B, I see you nodding in, in agreement there. No, I was and, nodding at, at, well, I was nodding in agreement, but at what you said, I didn't mean to take away from the ex-professional's perspective here that I thought we were going to get in a full dose. I don't have the, the same relative perspective. I mean, you're right. You want to see him lead by example. I think he definitely does that throughout. And I think, you know, we've obviously heard the stories about dessert and encouraging everybody to show up earlier and be, be better without having to say anything about it. I think his impact in that room is, I don't think it'll get any greater than it has been. I think it's been pretty great. In reality, you know, he's a guy that wants to be on the pitch all the time and isn't satisfied with being off, you know, albeit understanding that it's a team sport, it's a team game, but always someone who's pushing himself to feel like he can be the biggest contributor. So I understand that. What are you judging this on? Because I'm just like the team's flailing. How do we know he's a good leader? Like, I, I don't understand how we're making that judgment or how you're making that judgment because I'm not. No, well, how people said in the beginning, right? How just him walking into that the first lunch and you could, mm. no one went and grabbed desserts. And you look at in the, the training videos that the United post and that, you know, he posts, there's quite a few of them are very active on social media. A lot of these bench guys are super active on social media and the things that they're posting from training. Alanga is one of them. Mm. Um, uh, the younger kid, Abad, is one of them as well. It's always, Ronaldo's always on the team with these young guys. And they really seem like they actually, in training, 
they they seem to have quite a bond. Hmm. So I feel as though that's reflective of just you know the the history that he has, where he doesn't take kindly to players who aren't pushing themselves to what he feels is their max level. And and if you if you're not going to try as hard as you possibly can, he has no time for you. So that that just matches. Are they underperforming now then, or are they exactly where they should be? They're trying to play a new style that none of them are. I think you know, truly prepared to play. It takes time. They're underperforming based on where they should be as Manchester United. But I don't know if Gagan Press and Ralph Radnick midseason was the right move for them anyway. What what did we expect? This was going to prevent them from a relegation spiral. It wasn't going to get them to win the title. Well, I mean, he changed formation today, right? Uh, and in fairness to Radnick and to United, that second half was a much better performance. They looked right. pretty decent at times. I do wonder, though, about the novelty of Ronaldo within that locker room. At what point, Craig, does a player come with his big reputation and he's revered by by teammates but then you soon realize he's just one of us actually he's a regular guy who's got a supreme talent perhaps and he's got a few champs league rings in his drawer but you know at what point do you say you know what he's he's still human he still bleeds like the rest of us never (laughs) are you kidding in a dressing room like that with the players that are just trying to be the best that they possibly can and have driven themselves so hard to get to where they are. And they're looking at this guy that is just on a different planet. Everything he does is watched and it's really great. And and absolutely, he is good with the young lads at the training ground. Absolutely. That'll be Ronaldo all day long. And that's important. Yeah. So I don't think, yeah, they see that he's an every, everyday individual as a human being, but some special footballer boy, you know, Artiste. Maybe, maybe though that is that's the thing with Ronaldo though, in that you know he, he comes aboard and you see this the image, the brand Ronaldo, right? And you haven't met him before, and you kind of intimidate at first, but then you realize a big part of what he does and his success is down to hard work and discipline. So maybe that's the the, the truly impressive part. If you're Mason Greenwood, for example, and you're seeing Ronaldo in action for the first time around the club in training, you're thinking, yeah, this guy's obviously in a different level talent wise. That's that's obvious. We know that. But when I see him first man out, last man in. Um, you know, putting so much time, um, being so disciplined with his diet and his, and his routine off the field. That is the truly impressive part. And that is the inspiration more than anything. I think so. I think that that's the value. And we heard, you know, the ex-pros talk about that. His ex-teammates said that straight away. That's exactly what this room needs. Keen, Scholes, uh, Michael Owen, although I guess they didn't play together, but I feel like all those pundits had said that straight straight off. Well, he won an award this week, right? Before getting the, the top goal scoring record, of course, at FIFA's best, as did Christian Sinclair. But I, I was seeing his comments, uh, Ronaldo's comments after getting the, the award. He says, uh, quote, it's down to my dedication, my passion, my ambition, and working hard all the time. This is why I've continued to be at the top of the world in terms of performance, trophies, goals, records. I still have the passion for the game. Not just to score goals, it's to entertain myself because I've played football since I was five, six years old. When I go out on the pitch, even in training, I'm still enjoying it. And my motivation is still there. Even though I'm going to be 37 soon, I feel good. I feel motivated. I've been working hard since I was 18 years old and I continue to. I love the game. I still have that passion. I want to continue. People ask me sometimes how many more years I'm going to play. And I say, I hope to play another four or five years. It's all mental because I think that if you treat your body well, when you need your body, it's going to give it back. Now, valid points. But when you're that supreme specimen, Ronaldo, you don't understand what it's like to be a regular person. 
It's not just about <laughs> discipline and hard work and treat. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> talent is a large part of it, and so is DNA. Take it for someone with neither. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, they're actually, I mean, he said, I'd love being the best goal scorer ever. It's great. And, you know, the, the ego comes out. But I think a lot of his comments are actually quite uh, enlightening in, in the inner Ronaldo there. And that he, he really does believe that his biggest attribute is actually just the discipline and hard work. And he, he thinks that he can actually do this. And I think he, you know, if anybody could, it's him. You know, Eber is what, what's Eber now? 40. 39? 40. Hit, hit 40, all right? Did he? Wow. It's amazing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, medicine has come a long way, treatment, all these different things. The game's not as physical as it used to be. You know, hacking people like in Maradona's day. And it's a very technical game too. So I think it's uh, it's, it's giving guys a longevity or for certainly uh, helping them. But it's hard to say how far Ronaldo is going to go with, with age-wise. It's It could happen fast. You just drop off a cliff. You're watching Tom Brady in the NFL playoffs, and we thought the same about him three years ago. The Patriots thought the same about him, that it would just fall off. He won the Super Bowl, and he's still – is he not longer top ten NFL quarterback right now, percentage wise? Yeah, even oh, even sh- sure higher than that. He's ridiculous. He's did you see the stat? B he is older than any coach that is left in the playoffs. Wow, I didn't see that stat. Yeah, so it's insane. It's insane. He's he's a mix of referee guarded rules and an amazing athlete and a brain. But they basically created. Uh, Craig sent was over and he, he sent me a Maradona, showed me a Maradona uh, video of the guys just trying to crush him, yeah. kick him. Have they made it so that a uh, that a Maradona would have a longer career now, like Ronaldo has? Like, have these rules changed? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, no question about it. It would uh, give him a lot, a uh, lot uh, longer career. Oh, yeah, the, the, the drug testing wouldn't have though. Yeah, good point. The, well, <laughs> well, that's another issue altogether. But physically, yeah, it would absolutely give you a longer career. Tom Brady, you're right about Tom Brady. I mean, he's even admitted in the NFL the rules have allowed him to play longer. And he was never a scrambler anyway. He couldn't run, still can't run. So, And they've got these giant great kazoo. Remember the big, the, the great kazoo from Flintstones? Their helmets are like an extra inch all the way around, like in circumference. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's more protection for, even on the helmet side. I, I still think that a, a soccer yeah. player running out there in, at 37, 36, 40, to me, that's still at high level. It's still more impressive than a quarterback. And, and that's taken nothing from Tom Brady, right, who's, mm-hmm. who's a freak of nature. But, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, he, his, his game has always been up here, his metal game, right? And he's got that arm. And, I mean, listen, I'm – your arm's probably one of the last things to go, I guess, right? Certainly your legs would go sooner. So for Tom Brady to, you know, stumble out there and still play great football is great and all impressive. But to see Ronaldo do it and Ibra do it, running around the field with these kids who are 21 years yeah. of age, it's unbelievable how they keep doing it. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Last yeah. quick point, though. We've had this debate, you know, Ronaldo, Messi all the time. What makes the oh, difference? Oh, like, where are you going with this? Back up. I'm just going to say that <laughs> oftentimes people will say the work ethic that Ronaldo has and has exemplified since his early 20s. Does it, it? Messi's not the same. It seems as though Messi has God-given talent that he's harnessed and worked hard to harness and has been become one of the best. But it's this persistent, constant obsession with being better and working to be better. 
that makes Ronaldo a beautiful, brilliant psychopath of a phenomenal footballer. He is a psychopath. That's a good way of putting it. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a psychopath, whereas Messi's the romantic. After watching The Last Dance, it's, he's like a Michael Jordan then. Needs to be the best, wants to be the best. I have to do everything I can in my power to be the best, and I will compete. He's that, but he's also the guy who's trying to stay on the squad and is spending as much time in the gym as possible to be the tenth man. You know what I mean? Like he, like Grayson Allen is this gym rat because he yeah. admits, like, I'm not as good of a athlete as the rest of these guys. So Ronaldo has the, both of those. So Grayson <laughs> Allen is a basketball player on the was Memphis Grizzlies now Milwaukee Bucks. Just for reference, Duke legend. Yeah, and, and Jordan. Listen, Jordan was Jordan, but I, I don't think anyone could say that he put his health in his body number one. No, no. Right? I mean, he didn't need to, <laughs> right, really. But he had obviously off the field. Maybe the drive of actually the fear of retirement that's going to keep him going as mm. long as he can. Yeah, that's interesting. We say that with a lot of guys. What is he going to do? What are, you know? I, I mean, Ronaldo, it's a good, good question. I mean, Ronaldo post-career, post-playing career, you know, I, I don't see, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't see him going into coaching or management. I see him more of a Beckham. I see him owning football teams owning clubs, you know, and having a lot of interests beyond football as well, right? He's a pretty well-rounded guy. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, can you imagine Ronaldo coaching? I mean, he does it for Portugal, I guess, but it's not quite the same. No. And I think, you know, Gretzky, Ronaldo, uh, yeah. Zidane's really the only exception, right, of a guy who had been at that level, the very, very top, and actually had success. But Zidane inherited a team that probably would have done it if Wonger was managing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At mm-hmm. that time, anyway, it's certainly that first season. Johan Cruyff, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah Cruyff, yeah. of course. But I mean, there's very yeah. few, though, right? I mean, there's there's two we can think of. I mean, there's there's some others who've tried it, um, who who successfully like dominated. Who's been who's regarded as a world-renowned player and, and a world-class manager as well. I mean, Pep Guardiola was a really good footballer, really good, mm-hmm. but he was never a superstar because the way he played the game wasn't the same way, right? He wasn't a an attacking player. Mm. But Cruyff has got to be the only one that has had, you know, as big an impact as a manager as he did as a player and was an elite both, right? Like Mancini was – Ancelotti, they were good players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Cruyff had a bigger influence as a coach. I think he did, yeah. Because he, he redefined the way the game is played. Exactly. Hmm, Not even the same category. That's why I didn't think of him first because he's in his own special category, right? Mm-hmm. FIFA's out here giving special awards to Christine Sinclair and Cristiano Ronaldo. He's in a, a whole special category of, of coaching and management. But since we're talking about old guys playing, did you see the the uh, oldest Japanese player who I referenced without mentioning his name a couple weeks ago on the show? Kazuyoshi Miura, 54 years old. He just got another deal. What? Yeah, we, we, what did we talk about that? We talked about it recently, didn't we? So what was that? He's played he's played the entire time. He was born in 1967 and he's still playing in the uh it's the second division in Japan now. Same age as Craig and I. Can you imagine how shit that division is? <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's a fit-looking guy though, man. You you wouldn't know it. I'm sure he is, but that's just marketing. Come on, it has to at this point. I mean, there comes a certain point where even the greatest athletes aren't going to be the same. 54, I would say with even though we suggested last week that a CPL team should should sign Craig He's a goalkeeper, so it's a bit different. Yeah. Would you have to get in shape, Craig? Or would you just go out there and be sore? Not for 12 grand a year. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. 12 grand a year. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you would have to get in shape. 
<laughs> what would be the first thing you try and like? How would you say oh, say your question? Let's give them a while. <laughs> like, what would you do tomorrow? What's the first thing you do to try, on, on your journey to get in back to professional football? Go for a walk around the block. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see you try and do like twenty push-ups. Oh, oh I, I would be able to do that, but I'd be just dying the next day. What about a pull-up? With those long arms. Yeah, I'd be able to do a couple pull-ups, yeah. Yeah. But I'd be sore. Yeah, but he's, he's an athlete. He's a natural athlete, right? He's, he's a, I'd be sore, though. A certain level of athlete, like Craig Play, you know, elite athletes, Premier League, you know, they, they're naturally healthy and fit people. Even though Craig hasn't gone for a walk in 25 years, he's still naturally fit. <laughs> I think it's fair to yeah, say, it right? It, it, it carries <laughs> on. It lingers. It lingers. Yeah. Mm. You're not a fat bastard anyway, by any stretch. No. Like a herpes cold sore, <laughs> fingers. I, don't, I wouldn't know about that. Maybe not the same level of exhaustion, but Wonger, the sleds, the equivalent of linemen pushing the sleds up the pitch. For Forrest, it would probably be your constant dives, right? You're, you're, you're just on your knees, diving to the right, diving to the left, just that routine. That would wear on someone who's not done that in five years, 10 years, yeah. 20 years. The first thing that you would feel in a shooting session would be your thighs. Because you're just in that in that position, go down a few times, get up. You know you're in that position. Next thing you know, your legs are <laughs> starting to shake, <laughs> and then your ankles get caught in the turf when you try to go because your thighs are shot. After the walk, what's number two? What would number two be? A, a, a massage? Squats? Call Alex? Call <laughs> McKechnie? Go, dude. What am I doing? <laughs> Yeah, call it McKechnie, see if he's got some elastic bands I can pull. Load management for Craig, you know, <laughs> what that looked like. It's all about load management. One game a week and then nothing else. <laughs> How many Skip subs training. in CPL? Because they'd have to sub them out after about four minutes. <laughs> they'd have to change the rule. Yeah, yeah it'd be the forest rule. He'd really find the way the CPL uh, is managed. <laughs> he'd have to play like he wanted like hockey though shifts he'd want to be going back in and out in and out oh, give me 10 yeah. give me 10 off and i'll come back for 20 yeah call the four is five yep. yeah <laughs> i like Gregor, it isn't martin nash the new uh manager new skip yeah yeah you're friends with him or friendly with him you should give him a holler get a tryout we could yep. cover it on footy prime i reckon you could make it somewhere i'm not saying you're <laughs> but i reckon you could get um a few minutes in the cpl if you put your mind to it that's what I'm thinking. 12K, brother. 12K. Or in the Japanese second division. Find a team that wants to, the, the biggest rival to uh, Miura's team out there, Yokohama, and get on that side. Yeah, you'd enjoy a yeah. couple of years in Japan. I'm sure you'd do pretty well for yourself, I bet you. The internet's better over there. <laughs> we can still do this without any blips. Exactly. Um, speaking uh, of older players, um, I've got to get this in there before I you know miss it entirely because I wanted to see B's look in his face when I mentioned that that the rumors are well, one of the rumors are is that Luis Suarez is eyeing a move from Atletico back to the Premier League, and, and there's a fit there with Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa, of course, just signed Fleet Coutinho, 35 years of age, won a championship last year, of course, with Atletico, looked great. He's not playing as much this year, B, but would he fit into that into that squad to your liking? Oh, sorry, guys, my my camera just fell over because I, I got an erection. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding did you <laughs> Luis Suarez at Aston Villa with Philippe Coutinho and Steven Gerrard what fucking planet is this guys are you kidding me when I saw that when I saw that tweet I thought I'm being punked this this can't be real um I was very excited 
that was dampened when I realized that the talks, which are very serious, are not about January. Atletico will not let him go in January. So it's about the summer. And Coutinho supposedly is only till the end of the season, right? I think initially there was talks that it was going to be an 18-month deal. That was the conversation. may still be that. I don't think Villa can afford that long term. So I don't know. I'm a little less excited at the prospect of next season. But just the fact that Steven Gerrard is the guy that's able to have conversations with guys like this, you know Suarez will still bag goals in the Premier League. And to do it in claret and blue, it would be euphoric. Yeah, but then let Gerard become this guy that just brings in old teammates, you know. I mean, he's agreed. Comes aboard because he works well with young players, right? And there's some really exciting young players at Villa. There are. So I know it's sexy and, and, and you know, it sounds really exciting, that potential of getting these legendary former world-class players on the books there. But is it really for the best, B? Well, really? hey, we're talking about impact in, in the room and what you, you know, could learn from the guy next oh, yeah, to you. Great and- role model. Great role model, isn't he? Forrest can speak to this about just <laughs> playing next in training, next to guys of, of a quality that's miles above anything you've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. If you are a player that's going to push on to the next level, you're going to learn from just sharing the room with that person, let alone the touches in training. Right, Craiger? Absolutely. No question about it. I mean, the thing is with Gerard, too. He knows the individuals personally, their characters, what they're going to bring, what they're going to add. Um Suarez hasn't chewed on anybody for an awful long time. But outside of that, he's always been a good dressing room guy. So if he brings him in, it's because uh, he's a good pro. And just remember, the finances again, this all comes into play. And Villa, with Premier League money, can still pull these uh, deals off. It's not like he's going to come for less money. He's going to make sure he gets paid his full amount from somewhere. That's the thing with the Premier League, right? And we've seen it before. Sunderland did it a few years ago. But you look at it now, you look at these players that are coming from top-level teams on the continent, what we would say the top five in their league, and they're going to the Prem f- to teams that are between 8th and 15th or perhaps even lower. So it's that, that pull of the Premier League to match that weekly wage. It's, it's massive. And for a, a club like Aston Villa, who a couple years ago couldn't dream of having someone on the books at 200000 a week, now the best can get that. Is that, do you think, the, yeah. the draw for Roberto Martinez to perhaps lose, leave the Belgium job, a job where they could win a World Cup in December, who knows, and, and move to the Prem and move back to Everton? He's obviously talking to them right now. He's in the final four with, with uh, Lampard, Nika Kovac, and Wayne Rooney right now. But, I mean, why would why would a Martinez leave that gig at Belgium for for club football and a team who's potentially fighting relegation well a couple things either he doubles his money or and it might be a case of uh he wants to get back into club football he misses that day in day out routine you know some guys do it drives him crazy in the international football yeah. to make that to change and then other guys really like it they enjoy the international coaching and gaps in between but certain people really like that day in day out stuff are you not surprised he's still in that belgium job Given what happened at the uh, Euro, exactly, they haven't got it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's almost as if they've they've they're on the other side of that curve with their golden generation, right? They are aging; they're not the same as they once were, um, and, and they didn't win the big one. Now, there's still some pretty good kids coming through through there in Belgium. They're still going to be a force, but uh, maybe he he realizes the writing's on the wall. We're not going to win in December, and here's my chance to go back to, like I said, club football day in day out. That that constant drive. As opposed to, it's going to be a weird gig, isn't it, being an international manager? I mean, a lot of travel, 
you're at games each weekend around the country, around Europe, around the world, scouting players. I mean, just to look like you're doing a, doing a job, right? Because, you know, there'll be a camera on you somewhere. Look, F.A., it's Gareth. Yep, see, I'm at Old Trafford. <laughs> and I was, at, I was at the Wembley, uh, the uh, London Stadium this time yesterday. I'm really busy. You know, it's tough. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't think I'd enjoy it. Yeah, England's actually a, a great uh, country to be the international manager. You just you can see three games a day. Yeah, and not too many guys are playing overseas, yeah. right? Less now with Trippier back. In, yeah, you know. But Roberto Martinez does that in Belgium. Belgium's a very small country. He drives around all the time. And talk about the day to day. You're absolutely right. I forget where it was, guys. It wasn't like an all or nothing, obviously, but it was all or nothing style. And it was must have been before the Euros, and I was just got lost down some web. And it was they followed Roberto Martinez around for weeks in preparation, and it was about a thirty minute, forty minute thing. And man, he is he is relentless. And the Belgian media, in particular, all the reporters they interviewed, all said he's unlike any other Belgium coach they have had because of how connected he is to the game, the the Belgian league. But in both divisions, he goes to second division games because he's scouting guys. He wants to see if that player will get the move up to one of the big clubs in Belgium and five years down the road potentially be on his radar. So I think that the day to day, there's it, it just struck me as a guy that was trying to replace the day to day that he's lost with club football and being this international, you know, lover of the game and big mind. But his wife is English. He he's calls himself quite English himself. He, he spent more of his life in England than anywhere else. So I could see the the pullback even. With Everton being the mess that it is, you know, him maybe having the complex or the confidence to think that he's the guy that can write that ship and steady it. Well, I think the job's a great job to take as well because I don't think they are as bad as they've shown so far. Yeah, I I do. I mean, listen, they've got an owner that has misspent money, but he's spent money, right? Number one, um, they've kind of hit rock bottom at the moment. I don't see them getting much worse, but they're getting healthier as well, slowly but surely, right? The players are coming back, and I, I can't see them being any worse moving forward and see a new guy coming in and getting a bit of a bounce. And what's the aspirations this season? Survive. That's not yeah. a tough gig. There's some very bad teams there. Now, the summertime mm-hmm. next year is a different monster entirely, but it's not a mm-hmm. bad spot to jump into, especially taking over from a manager who's been so reviled as Rafa Benitez. My God, the savior, the redemption story. Back comes Bobby Mack, Bobby Martin, <laughs> to, to save the day, right? I agree. I think they're in a, it's a perfect spot because, like you say, just stay up. Nobody expects anything. Can't be worse than the you know Mark, what, what was the uh, Benitez? Uh, they won four of the first six, and then, you don't have to do that well. You went three. They took six points from their last twelve or something. Last twelve games. I mean the table. I mean it's it's a great table right now. Actually, isn't it, England? You look at the bottom right now, where where Everton is approaching right now. They're in they're in sixteenth place, right? Nineteen points. So the six from safe from from the drop zone. All right, Norwich is at eighteenth on thirteen points. So you know, I don't, I mean, there's anything that can happen, but I don't see Everton, you know, matching those other teams result for result. Burnley 11, Newcastle 12, Watford 14 and 17th. And then, you know, you've got the Leeds and the Brentfords, who I think should be as well, be okay. But it's an interesting race at the bottom. But my mm. God, guys, see the, the top of the table right now, forget City, they're going to win it. Um, Liverpool in 45, right? Just, you know, eight points up on West Ham. And there's all these games in hand. Spurs are in fifth, right? 19 games. They've got four games in hand on Chelsea in third, right? And they're, they're what, eight points back of Chelsea? But four games in hand, right? Spurs could well finish top four, given where they're at right now and given their games in hand. It's, it's a really weird season because of all these, these cancelled and postponed games. We really have no idea what's going to happen there. Two to seven. It's basically the German Bundesliga. <laughs> 
Yeah, Tottenham is in a false position at the moment because with those games in hand, you got to figure they're going to pick up some points. Yeah, yeah. And and West Ham, I'm not sure about those guys. They look they look like they're just slipping slipping away a little yeah. bit. They're short of a few bodies. Do you think they're going to lose Jared Bowen to Liverpool? Sure, hope not. Because while I don't think Liverpool is going to do it in January, no. I think I think he's who they buy in the summer. They're not going to spend a lot in the summer, Liverpool, because they're going to get Mbappe. Let's get one other guy. <laughs> it's a freebie. That. I would think Bowen would be a great fit there, but uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it seems like Mbappe and Haaland are the ones, right, when they move, and they're going to move, you know, the dominance will fall th- this summer. Um, Haaland's interesting, isn't he? Uh, you were mentioning, B, how, how Dortmund are really putting some some pressure on him to decide what he's going to do, because they're offering him a lot of money to stay there. It's so weird. We spoke about it on a bit on the weekend show because his post-game comments were, you know, he'd said after the match the club's really putting pressure on him, and uh, he very much comes across as a guy who just wants to focus on his football. And it's very rare, right, that a, a club w- seems to be the one being aggressive in the middle of the season. This is very common in the Bundesliga, though, isn't it? We see them do their business in March all the time. They're, you know, stereotypically German, very efficient and forward planning, right? They don't want to wait to the last minute. All these big moves happen um, before the season finishes. So I can see the urgency from the club's perspective, but this is not any other top player. This guy is elite. Elite and has been phenomenal since arriving You know, just before the pandemic as a baby and is now one of the top five players in the game. you you got to handle it differently. I just hate the way the game's gone now, um, how these young players are so strategic in their moves like Harlan moves to Dortmund two years ago, two years ago this week, actually, knowing full well that in the summer of 2022, he's going to move to the next big club, right? Romance is dead, Wonga. He used to be that these clubs could own these players' lives forever and they couldn't move. I miss yeah, those days. It, it's funny, Sharms. I, I literally just wrote uh, Craig about how we are, there's no loyalty uh, in in sports. There's no loyalty. It's a corporatist world. So you have to take that on. And as much as I agree with you that it'd be nice if someone said, hey, I might be around here for five, ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this also puts uh, cor- the corporate teams on notice that they have to be better or they have to approach things differently. So I, I understand why they're the individual athlete is taking everything into his own hands now from marketing to uh, their, being their best career manager. Just like just like you and you and B, you guys didn't know that I, this was going to come along. Now look at you. You're, <laughs> is this a good time to tell you guys that I'm leaving for a golf show? <laughs> I really love where you know golf. You were the plus four was better than anyone here. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise us. <laughs> and we don't. We'd understand, B. Yeah. We'd understand. You know. Yeah. yeah. You would be a. You'd be a minority on Golf Channel. Too tanned. Half, Portu- Too half tanned. Portuguese. <laughs> have to use, have to use your uh, your uh, mum's name. I don't know. The name Felix Dunlop sounds like a golfer to me, doesn't he? Felix Dunlop sounds like a richer yeah. man than I am. That's I for sure. Yeah, I should have gone sure. with that. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe if if this industry takes me south of the border, I can I can abandon Brendan and and be Felix Dunlop. Maybe we should try golf. Yeah, the other thing is, you're a horrible golfer. The other thing is, you can use this segment on your reel. On my reel, I should. Yeah. yeah. We we should maybe pivot to a golf podcast. I, mean, I know nothing about it, but I mean, how many golf podcasts are out there that, that go down the dark passages that we go down on this podcast? Probably not very many. 
I can't you know imagine. who we should, should get on the show, though? Gregor, I think you're friends with him. Wonger, you must have golfed with him. Ian Leggett. Oh, no, I never oh, have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he would he would come on for sure. He spent a lot of time in England. Um, we used to do a lot of Sunday shows together on Central. He'd come in out for after every big major, and we would always talk about soccer. He was usually just quizzing me and a little interested, but he'd be a good chat. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Hey, moving on, guys, a uh, couple of big retirements for Canada this past week. Uh, Scott Arfield retiring from international football. Um, he's just been linked mm-hmm. with moves from Rangers too to uh, a couple of Turkish teams this week as well. And Steph Labay just announced today she'll be hanging the boots up as well. She's left PSG. She, she'll um, have a farewell tour on Canada's second half of their celebration tour. And, and Steph Labay is a fascinating person and has a quite a battle with anxiety um, the last number of uh, years, but has done just you know an incredible job for the national team. Um, mm-hmm. Two big losses, Craig, aren't they? They really are. I mean, especially Stephanie. I mean, um, no disrespect to our field, but she's been around for an awful long time. And, and and for a certain period of time, she's under the shadows of other really good goalkeepers that we've had a string of. And uh, McLeod being one of them, but also being part of her taking over and doing as well as she's done. So she her persistence and desire to keep going and through injuries and through anxiety and it is really quite a, an impressive inspiring story uh i can't believe she's 35 like i was like i know makes wow. you feel old doesn't it <laughs> yeah well i wasn't really thinking that but i was actually thinking more for the fact that wow is, is she been around for that long but i i, I respect it that she's just obviously you know doing the right thing for her you know, no one's forcing her hand. This is at her terms. And uh, she'll be celebrated as a Canadian legend, right? The one of gold. Well, what can you say yep. than that? And being a big part of some very big teams. Going there. out on a high like that's not bad, eh? Pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You battle. I mean, that'll be something that'll, you know, make her feel great for the rest of her life. Just the fact that she went through all that to get there. And then they end up winning the gold. And she retires and goes out into the sunset. Pretty nice. Not many people can do that. All the eyes that have been on that PSG women's team after the big attacking incident, I wonder how many people that aren't connected to Canadian soccer in La Bay look at that and wonder how bad are things in that room that this gold medal winning goalkeeper that just came over and still at an age that, you know, we, everyone expected her to kick on and play there for a a couple of years has walked. They've had three goalkeepers as well sharing duties this year, it seems. It's a bit of an odd one as well, but anyway, still, uh, we, we thank Steph Labay for her service with Canada because uh, some great, great memories. Scotty Arfield, you know, I thought obviously he wasn't part of the the most recent playoff octagon games. The midfield's looking pretty good. That said, I thought he'd be a great addition when they, you know, the games got really big, nice little depth, you know. But at the same time, I understand why these guys um, hang up the international boots to, to focus on their club careers. He's thirty three now, I think, as Scott. Which again makes me feel quite old as well. Watching it at Burnley. <laughs> my bet is that my bet is though that uh, he had a conversation. Is what my bet is that it with Herdman and whether or not he would have a chance to to be involved uh, in the future, and also that if he's looking for a move, whoever that is. Do they want him being picked by the Canadian national team at 33? How many games is he going to miss? Is, you know, This might give him a better chance to get a, a contract because that's not now going to be a distraction. They're going to know he's retired from international football. 
Great point. If Atiba wasn't involved in this team in qualifying and likely to go to the World Cup with them, our field would still be there and wouldn't have retired. Yeah, quite possibly. It's 40 picks. It's 40 picks. It's 40 picks. On 40, 40 Prime. <laughs> so, fellas, I sent you the uh, I sent you the odds, uh, and the games we're going to cover this week are United and West Ham. So, the over under is two point seven five, and United is favored one eighteen. Plus 279 for West Ham. What you got, Craig? I think it's got draw written all over it. 2-2. Mm-hmm. Two, two. Okay. Give me United and the under. 1-0 United. Mm. Yeah, United is so bloody difficult to gauge because they can be really shit and still get points. <laughs> you know, and they haven't seen do a decent 90 minutes for I don't know how long. West Ham, too, are unpredict- unpredictable as well at the moment. But I just got this feeling about about United. They look pretty good in the second half today. This could be a bit of a turning point. Um, so, yeah, I'm going for the United win in this one. Nice. Game two, Chelsea against Tottenham. Two teams we just spoke about. I'm excited for this one, Me? actually. Well, give it to us. Because Chelsea, like, talk about how unpredictable United are. What the hell is Chelsea right now? Against against Brighton, they they looked, had real United vibes, didn't you think? Just mm-hmm. a team that kind of looked lost, and they're not happy. They're Zayech scoring, not yeah. celebrating. It's how so do you weird. go from that? I don't understand how you go from rags to like riches to rags like that. Mm. I think they got a real divide in the room. I, th- I bet you that there's quite a few players on that team that would have felt as though, much like Sharman and Forrest explained, that look, Lukaku got comfortable with a journalist speaking in another country to a different audience, and yeah, his lips were a little loose. He said some things he shouldn't have, but. Look, he's if he's putting in the work at training, then you should let it be. And of course, Tuchel reacted as though uh, here's someone who's on the you know on the borderline of being treacherous towards the team, and he's well as right as the manager to think that. And I think that split the room up a little bit. And mm. I bet you there's guys in that room that think Lukaku's not pulling his weight, right? As well, and he got fined. Mm-hmm. Got fined. Here we are thinking. And Deech, remember Deech? He's like, yeah, that was their final piece. All they had to do was bring in Lukaku. That was their only issue. They weren't, con- and he was right. Like it looked like it was a perfect marriage. And then, ever since he's been there, it's it's been shitty. And then also, the fact that I think they look a little sluggish is because Man City is doing the rope a dope on them. <laughs> That's true. And you know, when you keep looking at them, you're going to these league games and these tough places that are teams that are fighting for their lives and for points and. You need that little extra cutting edge in the Premier League, and they lose it. Uh, you're going to start giving up goals and points, and I think that's where they are at the moment. I think if they were still right neck and neck with Man City, I don't think we'd be seeing that performance. Negative one five nine for Chelsea. The Spurs are plus three sixty eight. So good number with the Spurs. Well, we've seen Tottenham score goals late now, so I'm going to take the over. That's where my comfort is, but I'm going to go with a draw. I mm. like uh, anything above two and a half is nice. That's also your discount book price, two sixty six. They give yep. you, yep. so I'll take the uh, the advantage of the sixty six cents and then take a three three draw. Nice, I like that. <sighs> wow, Gregor, what do you got? Ooh, 
I like that. I know. That was a good one. I like when no. he breaks it down like that, that well, gambling. Part of that, too, you know, I'll, just really quickly, Craiger, is that there's guys there that are really fighting to keep a spot and prove their worth right now. Ziyech, who should be at the African Cup of Nations with Morocco, fell out with the coach. This is his opportunity. I think he, he sees now, right? With Werner hasn't been hot. Uh, Pulisic is inconsistent in and out. Uh, he's got a real opportunity in this window to to be the star on that team. Lukaku's obviously not living up to it. So I I just like the edge that I think some of these players Chelsea have. But I think that they're still a mess. They're broken. Except I look at the managers and I think neither one of them want to lose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nil, nil. No, no. So plus one thousand, plus one thousand for the scoreless draw. Yeah, Ooh. no, that's fair. Well, I'd say I, I like the the Spurs winning this one on the road, but they're coming off that that you know a kind of result that can really give you a bounce. And yeah, I think there's some real disharmony in that Chelsea team. You know, we're hearing for the first time this year is Tuchel back on the hot seat. It's so crazy! What a roller coaster ride he's had at that club. Right, I mean, last season in in what half a season or so, he was being fired or was being manager of the year. You know, week in and week out. Yeah, it'd be crazy to fire him. If you ask me, but there's something very wrong there. So I'm hoping that this malaise continues, and uh, I think Spurs still unbeaten in the league under Conte, plus three sixty eight. Give him a nice a three two. Nice. Isn't so that a surprising also. surprising stat that they're still unbeaten in the league? Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they would be at least once. You can feel, yeah, it seems like they lost in the cup. They lost in the <laughs> conference league. Those don't count. <laughs> oh, no, no, apparently they do count because it's Europe, right, B? It's, it's Europe. Europe. And, and fellas, I just also want to, I just, I know we haven't talked about this. I know we haven't talked about this. Villa to the, the conference league? Yeah, we talked about it more. <laughs> no, we're seven, eight days away from Canada playing Honduras in World Cup qualifying. And just want to promo that. We'll probably be talking about it on news and such. But I wanted to to just – we're back into World Cup qualifying um, uh, with that window. That's right. That's exciting. uh, So there's new – they're going to talk about the restrictions uh, tomorrow in Ontario. Oh, they are. Um, I don't – I mean, I'm just purely speculating. I I can't see them expanding the the live sporting event crowd from 1,000 just yet. I think that game – is kind of destined to be behind closed doors. I'm sure we'll get some very clear messaging tomorrow from our provincial government. We have a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> very clear. Six, hey, six zero. Yeah. We should get. When are we going to get your boy Sid on the show? Oh, dude, he show. was awesome. I might vote for Sid. Sid's rent hits the political stratosphere. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It was fantastic. The shovel was great. The shovel. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Good shovel. <laughs> Fucking Tonka toy. <laughs> Are you guys sore from shoveling? Like oh, the, yeah. on Tuesday, I was like, "What is this oh, absolutely. muscle that hurts uh, here?" You, you city boys in your little driveways, you know, come out to the burbs and my massive palatial residence. Oh, did your snowblower come with the house? <laughs> right? When you when you when you opened your three car garage, was there a big snowblower in there? <laughs> yeah. Actually, there was actually. Yeah, my old man gave me one because he moved to a, to a condo, so I, I inherited the uh, the snowblower, and it's so much fun. It's great. <laughs> It's not a three car garage for the record. Just just the two. Rich guy. <laughs> oh yeah. Generational wealth wonger, they call that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Generational I got more wealth. debt. I got more debt than you can ever imagine. Okay, we all, we're having right. one more question before we go. <laughs> okay. um, one more question. Yeah. What are you binge watching, Sharms? Uh I just finished Afterlife season three. Recommended? Absolutely fantastic. Okay. Craiger? Cr- 
I'm going to start watching that. I'm still finishing off on Ted Lasso. Pick up the pace. Great series. I can... Absolutely. Absolutely. See, what do you Where got? did this question come from? Did Elena say something to you? No, no. I just like mixing in some fun yeah, stuff. We, we've got relationships with her. We we contact her yeah, all the time. I don't no, know no, if you know that. Group? The reason That's I say right. that is because she asked me the other day. She's like, have you talked about this show you're watching on the podcast with the boys? I'm like, no, of course not. And she's like, yeah, I can understand why. Uh, guys, if you're not into the Korean Uh-oh. dating show Singles Inferno, you're missing out. <laughs> It is outstanding. Singles Inferno. If you've ever watched Love Island or uh, Too Hot to Handle or any of those Netflix shows, this is nothing like that because Korean people are very different in their own right. And the setup of everything is just, man, it's it's not the same as those other shows. I'm just so interested in the conversation. Korean people are worse than white people. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Works? <laughs> no. hey, they are. I watch, I watch Squid Game. Racist. <laughs> I watch Squid Game. They are. They're evil. So, is there a bunch of good-looking Korean women? Is this the whole? Of course, it's a dating show. But actually, it's the men whose style is impeccable that I'm really interested in. Like they get away with shirts and haircuts. Oh, I can never. I'm do. sure pivoting. you are. He's pivoting. Charms. He's pivoting. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long yeah. pandemic, and he's watching Asian dating shows. What I mean, what what are we talking about oh here? My I've, I've known B for a long time, and and he was watching that kind of stuff well before Elena. <laughs> she been crazy. There you go. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we, we've uh, it's kind of a skinny podcast today because it's down under an hour and a half for once. This is refreshing. But I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. We're back on uh, Friday for news and such. Please subscribe. Please like on all the usual platforms. Thank you very much. Cheers for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 